0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, I do pray and I do ask at this time that ultimately in the end, not my word but your living word, Jesus, your son, would go forth, and that would be what remains. All this I ask, all this I offer in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In our gospel lesson this morning, we have a fish tale, and I, I confess that I love a fish tale. And um, our, our family has many uh, from living on Sullivan's Island for many years, traveling to Canada uh, in the summers. <laughs> we have um, a lot of, of fish stories, and um, it, it would seem um, I would be remiss uh, not to begin with one this morning. And we as mentioned we lived for years. Um, on Sullivan's Island. I served the Church of the Holy Cross. Um, Paul and I uh, and our family, we peaked early. Uh, We lived on Sullivan's Island. The church had a home on the island, and it was um, fantastic. And um, Jack, our youngest at the time, sort of ran around on the island like Tarzan, um, just a pair of Adidas soccer shorts. That was his loincloth. And he just ran around the island, and it was wonderful. And one day, we... uh, we would go across the street to our neighbors, our great neighbors, and we'd throw the cast nets and we'd pull up the crab pots. And, you know, for for kids and, and for adults too, what great um, and engaging entertainment. And uh, on this particular day that Jack and I went fishing, we weren't really fishing. It was one of those, and if any of you have young children, had young children. It was one of those weeks where it rained solid for about a week, Um, no exaggeration. It had been raining for days and days and days, and Jack was a young guy at the time. And you can imagine, um, Paula, I think, was probably ready for us to go fishing. Um, And so Jack and I, we put on our raincoats and went out in the driving rain, and that's not a time that you expect to be successful And fishing, and not only that, um, but uh, at that point, Jack was a little guy. And do you remember the Snoopy fishing poles? Did any of y'all ever have the Snoopy um, fishing pole? We went out with the Snoopy fishing pole. We expected great results. um, Because not only was it the Snoopy fishing pole, but I had uh, tied on, and this is something that was just on there all the time, a crankbait that I had taken the hooks off of. Um, And so he would walk around casting it all the time. And so we're out there fishing with the bait without hooks. Um, So we we didn't expect uh, any particular success in this moment. And we couldn't see anyway. I mean, it was pouring, pouring rain. But we were so desperate to get out of the house that there we were fishing. And Jack's uh, fishing, and I'm paying moderate attention. And and he says, Dad, I got one. And of course, my response is, no way. Uh, and 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 I look down into the water, and literally, a fish had um, the lure without hooks, uh, and so I said, Re- "Reel it in, pal. Reel it in. Reel it in." I put one with actual hooks on, it. he threw it out, uh, caught the fish, uh, and we brought the fish in. Uh, and there was our our tremendous um, success. And I, I share that with you, uh, that story with you, because as I say, we were. Um, I think it's safe to say we were not the best fishermen um, on that day. The most, um, the most skilled, and we certainly didn't expect uh, any particular results other than perhaps uh, temporary maintenance of sanity by our getting out of the house for a little while before coming back in. And, and I share that with you because obviously we have a fish story this morning. We have dramatically um, better fishermen. We have um, Simon Peter, um, who of course we know, and Simon Peter and James and John, this is what they do. Um, they're, they're, they're fishermen. This is their day um, at the office. This is what they do day in and day out. And of course, uh, as the story goes along, we see that Jesus comes uh, and He meets them there um, in, in that place, in that very common place, the place where they go about their daily lives and the place they go about their daily work. And not only do they come and does Jesus come and meet them in that particular place in that particular moment, but it had been um, for Peter and the others, not a great day at the office. Um, it had not been a day of success. We're told that they had fished. Um, throughout the night and had caught nothing. Um, and even if you're, even if you're not a pro, uh, that's a frustrating evening. But uh, these is this is how these people made their living. Uh, and they had fished throughout the night. They had caught nothing, and they are there, and they are cleaning their nets. They are licking their wounds. And Jesus comes. Of course, we hear that the people are, are pressing in upon him. So desirous is their. Um, desire to hear the word. And they're pressing in. And and Jesus says the words to Peter. He gets in his boat and he says, push out, um, push out into um, the deep water. Uh, And and Peter um, does so. And not surprisingly, the the, the early church, and I guess to the church today as well, often liked allegorical explanations uh, of the scripture. What what did it mean that they they pushed out um, into uh, the deep water? And, And obviously, as you might expect, a lot of the early church, and I think for us as well, uh, often you think about what is this, what is that really saying? Is, is Jesus um, pushing Simon Peter out um, into a deeper place? Is he pushing him out to a place where he will be um, dependent upon him? Is he doing this in such a way that, that he might receive faith? Is he doing this in such a way that his faith um, might grow? Uh, and so, but we do see regardless of the interpretation, they do push out uh, into um, the deep and Interestingly, the the word which is used uh, for push out into the deep um, is is a singular word. He's addressing Peter specifically. But then he says those words um, to let down um, your nets. And there is a transition from it being the singular um, to it being the plural. A word spoken not just to Peter, but to others uh, as well, to other followers of his as well, this invitation um, to uh, let down their nets. And we see this life uh, of discipleship um, begin, um, perhaps haltingly. And I would say, obviously, we hear of the miraculous catch. I I would contend with you, perhaps the more miraculous thing is that a professional fisherman would take the advice of a carpenter. Um, That may be the more miraculous thing, but we see... Um, that Simon Peter does just that. He takes the advice uh, of, of Jesus. And, and you hear in his response, it's, it's, uh, it's, a little, uh, it's a little reluctant, but you can see the importance of his relationship with Jesus is something which, which compels him. And, and interestingly, as, as he um, says, of course, he says, you know, Master, um, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down um, my nets. And again, in that response, we, we told all night, we, we got nothing, um, but at your word, but at your word, we will let down um, our nets. We, we see a transition beginning to take place uh, in the life of Peter, a transition in his relationship with Jesus, one a um, faith um, and following it. Basically, what Peter says um, to Jesus is, I know this is a bad idea, but I'll do it. This is a bad idea, but I'll, but I'll do it anyway, um, because because you've said so. Uh, And uh, in many ways, that uh, can be um, what what faith often begins to look like. And I want to share with you a wonderful quote from James Edwards as he is writing this. And he talks about the change in address as Peter speaks to Jesus. And uh, Edwards writes this, Peter trusts the word of Jesus despite all experience to the contrary, and that for him, as for all believers of all time, is faith. When Peter calls Jesus master, epistates, there is already a hint of his ultimate allegiance. Close in meaning to rabbi, epistatus occurs in the New Testament only in Luke, and in every instance but one, it comes from the mouths of people endeavoring to follow Jesus. It is less a theological title than acknowledgement of a practical relationship. Um, you're the boss. We see Peter. Um, beginning to um, desire to follow Jesus, the the words uh, perhaps of resignation initially, um, you're the boss. Um, I'm not sure that I agree with you on this. I don't think that this is necessarily the best way for us to proceed at this particular moment, um, but you're the boss. It it makes uh, me think of those uh, sort of beautiful words in John 6 As Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And people began um, to fall away. And Jesus turns to his followers and says, do you want to leave as well? Uh, And the wonderful words of Peter in that moment, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You alone um, hold the keys to um, eternal life. And there's also another change, of course, because he tells them to let down their nets. And as they do so, of course, we hear of the catch is such that they can't even bring it in themselves. And of course, they call their friends to come over, and their friends are not sufficient either. We hear that both of the boats begin to sink as they haul in this miraculous um, catch of fish. Uh, and, and of course, they're, they're bound to be profoundly shocked. And we see that in Peter's response, because again, he transitions from, um, you're the boss, I'm not sure that I agree, but I'm going to go along, along with you, to Peter falls down before him. And he says, depart from me, for, for I'm a sinful man. Uh, I'm, I'm not worthy um, to be in your presence. And instead uh, of calling him boss, he calls him Kyrios, which is the word for Lord. Uh, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm not, it's Wayne's world, uh, I'm not worthy is what, is what he says. And, and, he, and he falls down, uh, he falls down before Jesus saying uh, that I am not worthy. Well, I want to share something with you as I have read this uh, over the years many times, probably as you have as well. This is one of those uh, familiar sayings of Jesus. I will make you um, fishers of men. I will make you um, fishers of people. It's it's one of those things uh, that, that we've heard again and again and again, and we feel fairly familiar with the story, and that certainly includes me as well. Uh, but I, I have a confession to make, and I have something to put to you this morning and ask you to reflect on whether this might be accurate um, or not. Because again, for many years as I read this, the human being, being the human condition, as I read this text and as I preached it as well, I thought it was about you and me, uh, our favorite topic, ourselves. Um, I thought it was, I I, I thought, you know, for the most part it was about me, right? And it was about you, what we should be doing as followers of Jesus. We, We should be um, fishers of men. We should be um, disciples. We should be um, doing this. That had been my my reading and my application, of course. It, it's, it's about us, and it's about um, our response. And not surprisingly, that made me weary. Um, because if your track record is anything like mine, that, that's not the most encouraging word to hear, that this is what you should be doing. Um, go get them. Um, don't blow it. Um, <laughs> But it's really, it's really a story about God's grace. As, as we think about this, this is a, a story about God's grace, and it is the visitation of God's grace upon Peter and James and John, but also to the others who are gathered there as well. It is the gracious work of Jesus in the end which sweeps us um, into his net. And as recipients of God's grace, it, as, as you experience, you know that, that you can't hold it in, it's like that good news. It's like that tremendous gift. It's that tremendous blessing that not only can you not hold it in verbally, but you can't hold it in physically as well. It's so apparent um upon you. and Jesus comes to Peter and James and John in their everyday lives as they're going about their work, and he visits his grace um, upon them because as you might imagine, uh, what we have here is is not a guide to better fishing. Um, What we have here is the living God um, who has come forth into the world to pursue people like you and me, ordinary people going about their ordinary lives. Um, Jesus appears um, in the midst of them. And I would contend to you, and I think I'm absolutely correct on this, Peter did absolutely nothing special on that day. He did absolutely nothing special to deserve Jesus' visitation. In fact, um, it had been an entirely unsuccessful day going about his daily life when Jesus appeared to them. He had worked all night, and he had accomplished what? Nothing. He had accomplished more work the cleaning of nets with no fish um, to show for it. Uh, And yet, uh, Jesus wonderfully, graciously, what had he done to deserve Jesus' intervention? Um, Absolutely nothing. It was a sheer visitation of God's grace um, upon him. And in thinking about this, I was drawn back um, to the book uh, of, of Genesis, and if you remember, um, at the very beginning, Abram uh, and Sarai, before they received their new names, you remember God comes to them, and God comes to them, and he, God calls them the most unlikely pair to be called um, into ministry. He goes to St. Martin's um, and says, I have a plan for you, uh, is in essence what is in essence what happens. He goes to skilled care uh, and says... I'm going to make of you a great nation. That's how preposterous uh, is the word of God which comes to Abram and to Sarai. And if you remember, among the things that he says to them, he says, and and you will have a son. And of course, uh, they are beyond that point um, in their life, and that had been something that they had longed for to no avail. Uh, She, um, Sarai, and Abram had been um, barren. And do you remember the response uh, of Sarah? When she hears the word that she will have a child, we're told that she laughed. Fair. Um, That's a a fair response that she would laugh. And the name Isaac actually means laughter. Um, That is what the name um, Isaac means. God's grace was visited upon them. um, And what did she do? Um, What did they do? Uh, Understandably, not surprisingly, um, they laughed. As we hear this this call, this invitation for you and for me to be in relationship with Jesus, to follow Jesus, to be fishers of men, to be fishers of people, I I do hope that you hear that what we're called to is the experience of God's grace. What we're called to is the unmerited unmerited experience of his gracious intervention in yours and my life, um, his coming to us, his expressing his love and his grace and his care, um, for you and for me, uh, that—that's what is the expertise that's called for. It's that. Um, it's this experience of this unmerited grace and favor of God that He visits upon us, and allowing that, I would say that what grace um, sounds like often is laughter. It's—it's it's preposterous. It's that sudden change in the story that you thought no way is that going to happen. No way could that happen. No way could this situation be redeemed. And then suddenly things are changed so much, but the only response is to laugh uh, at, the, at the sheer joy um, and profundity uh, of what has happened. I share with you um, a final quote, uh, again, from our, our friend James Edwards. And he says this, one cannot enter the holy and glorious presence of God. However, nor can one hear the word of Jesus until its grace, uh, until in all, can... let me start again. Blah, blah, blah. Like blah, 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 blah. We're going to take two on that one because it's really good. Uh, we don't want to blow this here. Um, one cannot enter the holy and gracious presence of God, however, nor can one hear the word of Jesus in all its grace and truth without being convicted of one's utter ungodliness. The miraculous catch does not depend on Peter's confession of faith. The source of the catch depends on the will of Jesus, on grace. Grace precedes repentance. Only an encounter with the grace of God can evoke true acknowledgement of sin and repentance. Recognition of guilt and unworthiness does not drive one from God. Rather, in the paradox of grace, it draws one to God. Earlier, Jesus drew apart from the villagers who wanted to keep him from them, for themselves. Here, as the friend of sinners, he draws near to Peter in the latter's awareness of his unworthiness. Jesus does not call the righteous who seek to justify themselves by some standard other than himself. He calls sinners like Peter who drop their defenses and yield to a transformative love um, and forgiveness." The word for fish, zogrin, means to catch alive, and the message given to Peter will cause life to flourish. Peter has been caught by a miracle of grace, and he commissions Peter to catch people likewise. The wonderful word of God's grace uh, is that it catches us not by barb; it hooks us, I'm not with a barb. It, it hooks us. With the sheer beautiful folly of it, that God would pour out love and grace upon you and me and Jesus Christ, that he would come to us and seek us, that through his cross and through his resurrection, um, he would forgive our sins, he would reconcile us, uh, he will enable us to go forth as recipients of his grace. So as we're called to be um, fishers of men, fishers uh, of people, uh, we're called to experience God's grace. Uh, to allow that um, to wonderfully flow into our lives, to shape and fashion, and to hold out not ourselves, uh, but the glorious nature of God as made known to us in Jesus. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you seek us um, where we are, and that your grace precedes our repentance, that you pour out your grace upon us I pray that you would wonderfully, recklessly, graciously do that this day upon all gathered here, that we might know the content of your character, and that would indeed shape and fashion and bring the fullness of life for us that you desire for us. And all this I ask and offer in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.